You're listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Thanks for listening. We hope this message encourages you to be all God created you to be so that you can impact the world around you with the love and power of God. For more information about us, you can visit our website at revivetheworld.us or visit us in person each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. We hope to connect with you soon. Father, thanks for your goodness. Thanks for a room full of party animals. <laughs> Come on. If you're not having fun in church, you're probably not doing church right, right? Come on. I know not every moment's fun, but these moments where where anxiety leaves, where depression gets crushed, where our joy gets restored, where hope goes to new heights, it's time to celebrate. <laughs> Any breakthroughs worth celebrating, no matter what it is, it comes where we actually get to encounter one who who created us, who chose us before the foundation of the world, it's worth celebrating. If seemingly nothing happens in that moment, but I, I know that he's in the room with me, I know that he's embracing me, I know that he's near to me, it's worth celebrating. Come on, he's, he's just good. All I have to do is look at Jesus and know that he's good. All I have to do is look at what what he did through Jesus and he's good the issue's settled yeah yeah yep it's finished thanks father that it's finished thanks for everything that that means to us yeah thank you thanks for everything that that means to us thanks that tonight there's the finished work is still as powerful as it was 2,021 years ago. (laughs) One drop, just one drop of your blood. One drop, the blood of the the wine of the new covenants. We just lay back in this moment and we we just drink. We drink you in. We just drink you in. I thank you that you created us to be. Most of the time, drinkers and not thinkers, at least not in our own minds. <laughs> yeah, we thank you that you've given us new minds that hold new wine, new wine skins. Thanks for new minds that hold new wine of the new covenants. Thanks for transformation taking place. I really feel like, I really feel like this isn't just a... It's not just a hype moment where the worship team sang us into this incredible place of glory, but it's actually an opportunity for minds to be transformed in this moment. I know there's discipline, there's other things that go along with that, but I feel like that this moment right now is just another one of those many supernatural moments where he's like, if you'll allow me to, I'll rewire some stuff in your thinking. And I felt like the number one thing that he was rewiring was, was the, in the frontal lobe and it was so that our first thought would be trust. So that we would be empowered in every moment, that we would know that we can choose trust, regardless of what it looks like, feels like, sounds like. 
regardless of what the news says, regardless of what's going on in the world and how scary it may seem in a moment that trust is so powerful that when we choose it, that everything that contradicts it or opposes it has to bow. Come on. So we thank you, Father, right now for... Thanks for this moment where you are literally rewiring minds in the room for people, anybody that needs it online, it's yours. Here, if you watch this six months from now, it's yours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Father, for the laughing gas of heaven. Sometimes when surgery happens, there needs to be laughing gas. And I feel like there's, there's some childhood stuff that's being restored to people in the room too as they laugh. Just childhood that may have seemed like it was stolen. And uh, he's like, yeah, not on my watch. Can redeem and restore even what seems absolutely impossible. So thank you. I was just thinking as I was watching the worship team, I'm like, my gosh, if y'all knew the redemption that's on the stage, and the stories of the goodness of God. And... <laughs> Man, so much. It's why there's so much of what you feel released in the room. <laughs> we like we like polished and we like excellence but polished and excellence don't produce presence all the time but people who are hungry and are willing to become love at all costs and embrace intimacy and go through the hard stuff when they get up and sing and play a room feels like this it's not all about having it all right Right? I was telling a testimony earlier about Jason Upton when he recorded an album and then he gave it to the guy to mix it. And the guy took out all the mistakes because that's what you do. And when he brought it back to Jason, Jason began to cry when he listened to it. And he said, you took, out, you took out the mistakes. God was in the mistakes. God was in the mistakes. It may not seem like it, but even when you make a mistake, God's in that moment. Right? He's in every moment. He's not distant. He's not backing away. He's not afraid of a mess. He's not worried not one bit. <laughs> not one bit. Not one bit worried. Right? He knows the beginning from the end. He knew everything you and I would ever do before the whole thing was created. And he chose us anyway. chose us in him to be holy and without blame before him in love, right? So Father, we thank you that you've been in every moment of our lives. Before we knew you, <laughs> before we were here, when you were dreaming us up in your hearts, we thank you that you've been in every moment, every single moment thank you for that reality coming to us. 
that even the moments where you wondered where he was at, you needed somebody to love you and hold you and hug you, he was there. When everybody else felt like they were distant, far away, didn't understand, wouldn't answer the phone, he was there. Yeah, loving you, empowering you, listening to you. Just because we don't get an answer doesn't mean he's not listening. He's always there. Thanks for being the father that's always attentive, always paying attention, but in a good way. Not watching for mistakes, but just in awe and wonder of your creation. <laughs> I know we're created to stay in awe and wonder of you, but I believe it's just because you, you're the one that initiated that. Just like all good things come from you. Awe and wonder comes from you. So I thank you, Father, for tonight being a night that we we not just get empowered, but we come back into the center of awe and wonder all over again. I know I said it last night, but I'm just going to keep saying it until it's time to go home. <clears throat> I don't mean home tonight. I mean home for eternity. <laughs> so I'm convinced it's where we were created to live from. So thank you, Father, for recalibration tonight, for all the things that you're doing in our minds and all the fun that's going to continue as we move into this next moment of whatever it is that you want to do. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for a room full of people that are expectant. I can feel the hunger in the room. So thanks for people that are expectant and that hunger and thirst for righteousness. We know what the Bible says, they will be filled. Thanks, Jesus. Worship team is going to transition to their seats if they can. I'm grateful I've got the podium to hold me up. It has helped me many, many, many times. You thought I was standing on my own two feet. It was really with lots of assistance from this well, well-made American piece of steel. One hundred percent American-made, bought, fabricated, and powder-coated, welded. <laughs> Not fun for you, but it makes it fun for the rest of us when that happens. I'm sorry. As long as nobody gets hurt, we do get a good laugh. <laughs> Man, will you give the worship team a hand for being amazing? <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to do something I didn't think I was going to get to, but I'm just going to do it as a transition time. Who's got birthdays with today or last few days you've had a birthday? Somebody bought some books and they wanted to give it away. Do you have one of these? You, here, here, we, Armando, will you throw that back there behind you? Thank you. I can't see your name tag. My eyes still need healed. So 
I'm here in need of healing. Anybody else have a birthday this month? Uh, Linda, you got one of these? You don't? You do now. Anybody else? Who? Isabel's birthday's next month. You can have a book. <laughs> you can have a book too. <laughs> you just left school. You might be booked out for the moment. <laughs> you might be debriefing from books. I know how that goes. <laughs> There's a difference between reading for pleasure and then reading because you have a deadline. <clears throat> Or listening to, to the book because you've got a deadline. I prefer that, but I don't catch a whole lot of it that way. Let's let's do a little demonstration first. How about that? Who's got um, who's got neck neck pain? You've got neck pain. I, I, I thought it was I thought it was Lance. I didn't think, but I was just I was trying to, just trying to grow. So just you can stay where, where you're at. Um, who's never seen uh, healing? Miracle through your hands, like literally never prayed for anybody that's that's seen right right there behind you. OK. Yeah, yeah, you don't have to go anywhere. So oh, hold on, no. How, OK, so I want to do I want to do a demonstration. Um, thanks for cooperating, even if your wife coerced you. Um, so online, you won't be able to, to see this, but you'll get to hear it, and it will be just as good um, for you. And so this is, we start calling these healing miracle schools because we want to train and equip people. I talked about some of that last night. Maybe some of you guys missed that. And so what we want to train and equip you to do is we want to demonstrate a model that works inside the church, right? Because if it works outside the church, it'll work inside the buildings we call church. But if it works in here, it doesn't always translate out there. My guess is over 50% of the stuff that we do doesn't translate to, to, to culture, to world's culture. Doesn't mean it's not good. I'm just shifting the model that I teach personally. Because like I said, if it works out there, you can do it in here. And the only difference should be that in here, I'll have more time with a person than I do in, aisle, in the chip aisle at Kroger's. Right? <laughs> Because people are busy and I may not have, you know, I'm not going to have 10, 15, 20, 25 minutes with them. And I don't need that. And I need to know I don't need that. Right? And so I need to, so number one thing is that I need to, I need to love people. Right? I'll get into some of that later. I need to do it for the right reasons. And I need, I need to be relational. Right? Not spooky. Not weird. I'm, we're all weird and wonderful in our own ways. And what I say is that you can be weird inside the building, be wonderful outside the building. I'm not saying you got to be weird, but if that's, you know, if, if you, the Holy Spirit has done things that I just don't touch that stuff anymore. Looks like Jesus, I'm hands off. You know what I mean? So we want to be relational. First thing you somebody's going to ask, you can ask them their name. Right? Because the person's more important than the healing. That's why we want to see them healed, is so that they can actually fulfill their God-given destiny. It's completely about them. It's not for the testimony. It's not so I can brag about it. It's not so I can get breakthrough. It's not so I can see something. It's not so I can write a song about it. It's not any of that. It's really about that person. 
the 100% so that they encounter love in a way that actually transforms their life. Sometimes they're Christians that need reassured of the love of the Father. Sometimes they're unbelievers and they just need to know, hey, God's He's so real and loves you so much that He showed up right here in Walmart in the sporting goods section where I belong. <laughs> and, and, and right here by the fishing poles, right? Wrecked your life with His love in a real good way and got you healed so that He could get to actually something that's even more important than your physical body. Even though, don't discount how much He cares about the physical body. Isaiah 53, I mean, it's, I mean, he had Isaiah prophesy about it 800 plus years into the future. He clearly cares, right? Because he cares about the whole thing. He's a triune, holistic, holistic God. Because sin and sickness were paid for simultaneously at the cross. So you can't separate healing ministry and any other ministry. Like, it's all together. It's all one big ball of amazing, beautiful love, (laughs) right? That's what it is. You know, it's, 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 it's just, that's, that's what he does. And so I, I want us to have a clear picture, and, and hopefully you, you get what I'm saying. And so when we approach him, this is what I do, is I'll say, hey, what, what's your name? My name's Courtney. Courtney? Nice to meet you. Um, thanks for playing along with the role play. You're great. <laughs> we, know, we know Courtney. We know Courtney Lanes for quite a while. So, um, and then I'll say, if I've got a word of knowledge, or I feel like I have a word of knowledge, I mean... If any of you believe that you're, you know, maybe you're more confident in hearing God than I am at times. But a lot of times, it's as easy to miss as it is to to get. It may come, like, you know how this word of knowledge came? I'll just give you a a demonstration, um, something practical. And if you don't know what a word of knowledge is, it's in 1 Corinthians 12. And it's anything that's currently going on or anything in the past. And we use it for healing ministry a lot of time. But it's, it's used for all kinds of stuff. You use it to find your keys if you need to. You know what I mean? It's like... You ever been there? Right? Need to find something? <clears throat> so, <laughs> if you don't know, ask Jesus. He'll lead you there. We call it a word of knowledge or just simply hearing God's voice. But this is how it came in that moment. I literally was in worship and I saw just somebody like literally pointing to their own neck and it was blurry. It wasn't super clear. I didn't see who it was. It was just like this. They were just pointing like to, the, to their neck, like reaching back like it hurt. And I felt like it was for the neck. And so then you know how you find out? You ask. And you're willing, you know, you're just willing to look. Like my reputation can't matter if, I, if I'm going to go, I'm going to pursue this stuff. Like if I'm, I'm going to accurately demonstrate who the Father is and how much He loves people, my reputation can't matter. What people think about me, and I'm telling you, I know, I, I know what it is to care a whole lot. Right, And I still care a little bit, but I'm getting less and less all the time. I could, I could stand up here and tell you that I don't care at all, but that would be a lie. Because at some level with some people, I've noticed that I still have a little bit of care and concern. Right, Still a little bit of need to, to make people happy. For whatever reason, it's don't worry, me and Jesus are taking care of it. You don't have to sozo me while I'm up here. I'll, we'll work it out. I got lots of people around me that will, will be glad to do inner healing for me. <laughs> Number one, the Holy Spirit. But I'm not opposed to any of my friends doing it too. So you're all welcome. But, and so it, it just it comes 
it comes super easy, and I have to just be willing to ask. And so oh, this is what I do. I say, hey, Courtney, I've got a, I've got a weird question for you. Because this is, this is weird. It, it's weird to everybody else. It's yeah. normal life for us. But for me to say, hey, do you, have, do you happen to have pain in your neck? Like, and, and she says, yes. How, have you ever seen somebody freak out in a good way and then also freak out in a bad way? Yeah. When you knew something about them that you couldn't have possibly known? Because immediately, what were you going to say? I said I had both of those. Had both of those because immediately they think you're a psychic, a witch. Right? Like warlock, something like that. Because most people aren't, aren't familiar with kingdom, kingdom life yet. But that's why you and I are, are here. That's why we're on the planet. To help them become familiar with kingdom life. That that other stuff of darkness is, is a counterfeit of it. And even though there's things in darkness that see results. Like they, they see results of power, but there's a lack of love and it always comes with strings attached. All right, <clears throat> so we see that throughout the Old Testament, and I could tell you tons of testimonies of it, but they actually probably wouldn't do you a whole lot of good. So we'll just talk about what Jesus is doing. <laughs> yeah, and so I would ask Courtney her name, and then I'd ask her, "Hey, you know, do you have pain in your neck?" After I said, "Hey, I've got a weird question for you. Uh, do you have pain?" And she'd say, "Yes," and I'd say, "Hey, well, we've seen Jesus heal a lot of people." Uh, or we've seen people, or I may not, it just depends on the situation, depending on the person, I may not bring Jesus up first. <laughs> I know you think you got to lead with that and all that stuff sometimes, but that's not true. Like I just, you know, I just, I just did this the other day at Best Buy to a transgender, and I knew that if I led with Jesus, it was, it could be, it could be game over like a wall. And so I'll give you some testimonies of the Pride Festival we just did two weeks ago, too. <laughs> um, but I'll just say, hey, we've seen a lot of people healed. Is it okay if I release healing for you right now? No strings attached. This is my thing. This is what me and Jesus worked out. No strings attached. Like, literally, because people are always looking for a hook. Right? Like, what do you want from me? What are you trying to sell me? Are you trying to get me to do whatever? And I'm not trying to get you any, to do anything. I just want you to encounter love. That must be... I'm not saying it has to be, but it, for me, it's a, it's a must when it comes to my motivation. If anything but love is my motivation and them encountering love, then I'm going to have some pitfalls along the way. And I've got that testimony too. So take it from me. If you don't have to walk through it, don't. That's all right. And so then in a store, especially if it's a woman, I'm not going to even ask her if I can put my hand on her. Unless Lindsay's with me, and then I'd have Lindsay do it. Or if she had a friend with her, if she had her husband with her, and it doesn't matter, just granted, well, I know they're saved, but just, just pretend that they're, they're not. I'm still going to have the husband or the friend put his hand or her hand on their neck and, or just pray if they're not comfortable with that. But everybody's going to let their friend or their spouse touch them. You know what I'm saying? And I, depends on if they've been fighting in the, chi, in the chip aisle about, you know, what size, right, what salt and vinegar, right, we just, what do you want, Pringles, Doritos, what, I know how, I, we, we shop separately, so, not because of that, it's just because we just happened to end up in the store at a different time, but then I'd have them put their hand there and just say, and, and so, you're not going to because you're a man, but. It, and then 
You just tell them, you don't have to go anywhere. You stay right there. You just say, hey, we just uh, tell the pain to leave in Jesus' name. Now check it out. It's about two or two. What was it on a scale of a a six? Okay. Mm -hmm. So then you'd have them pray one more time. And normally, let me clear this up. Normally I would have them repeat after me. And I would just say, hey, would you just say this? Pain leave in Jesus' name. If they fall down, if they fall down in the chip aisle, and you don't have a witness, <laughs> it's like at a point five, and then so you just so what you would do every time you'd say, "Hey, is it okay if we pray again? Is it okay if we release healing again? If things are happening, somebody's almost always going to, yeah." Yeah, and you check it after they pray that extensively long prayer. You're good healing, right? Yeah, come on, Jesus. Yeah, but it took three times. Jesus prayed for a blind guy twice. It gives us, you know, 12, 14, 25 times, whatever. I don't know why it goes like that but sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't it's just you know but if they'll allow you to continue to and you you've never seen someone healed before through your hands right yeah yeah but look you just did it in the chip aisle at Kroger <laughs> I don't know if y'all knew we were there but that's where we were at so it's, this is how easy it is to see these things take place, right? But as I mentioned last night, like our goal isn't to raise up people that just see people healed. Like we really are intent on raising up lovers who love people into wholeness. Because like I told you, darkness sees power move, Right? And the Bible even says this, we continue on in this thing, and then you're going to see more, you're going to see more demonstrations of that kind of stuff. You see more new age, Reiki, energy, healing, and witchcraft stuff than you ever have in the United States. It's popular because we're wired for the supernatural. And when they don't get a demonstration of who the Father is, and they only get demonstration of what religion is, they don't want anything to do with dead, dry religion. Then they do better, try harder. Right? Because some of them got authentic gifts. I've run into psychics that had authentic gifts from God, had been getting premonitions of world events since they were little. And, they, and, and, and the church rejected them. I, I remember having this vision of this uh, psychic that we went to. It was actually me, Matt, and Jeff. We went to this. We were going down into Brown County. We were hanging out. We went to, the, to this particular lady, and uh, we had to call her on the phone because she had to make an appointment. We didn't know that. And uh, she's like, what do you want? 
Um, and Jeff had told her that we were a Christian. She hadn't had any good experiences with Christians. <clears throat> She'd been a psychic for a long time. And um, so why he's talking to her, he's like, literally, we just want to talk. We just want to meet you. We just want to talk to you. This isn't, we promise. We're just, you know, we're going to be nice and encouraging and all those things that we're supposed to be by nature, right? <laughs> it's my natural state of being. <laughs> it's not supposed to take effort. <clears throat> and so as he was talking to her on the phone, I could see a vision of her as a little girl and I could see what color. I'd never seen her before. I saw what color hair she had. I don't always get stuff like this. Don't, don't think that I do. Um, it's an occasional thing. You know, I hope for more and believe for more, but this isn't everyday life for me. And so I saw this. I felt like it was, you know, God was just like the father was wanted to say something in this moment to her. So I saw what she looked like, and I saw a picture of her mom, and her mom was holding a Bible. And she pointed at the Bible and said, hey, mom, will you tell me about that book? And she said, God didn't do anything. It's in this book anymore. I saw this all in a vision that happened in a few seconds. <clears throat> she was like five. It's when she started getting the premonitions. Like world events, she'd see in block letters what was taking place. See it in her mind, see it in dreams, and then it happened. Right? And, her, and she, she really, really was intent on helping people. Like, but she was doing it out of her own strength. You know what good news is? Because when I try to operate out of gifts myself, I'll operate out of, out of my strength. <clears throat> but when I operate out of the Spirit of God, then I live from rest, and it actually fills me up when I do it. If it doesn't, there's something that's off a little bit, right? And so she comes, I tell her what I saw, and she just gets enamored by the love of the Father. And got healed from a car wreck that she'd had 20 years ago. Like she experienced such power through love. And the way that those guys uh, demonstrated love to her. And the language that we use and that we've learned. Because it's everyday not just to talk to people. But just the way the culture that's been created inside of our hearts. Because I'll never demonstrate a culture outside of me that I don't already have on the inside of me. I may be able to fake that particular culture for so long. But eventually it will implode. And so that's why it's, it's important to focus on, on me and self-development. I'm creating culture inside of me by transforming my mind with truth in intimacy so that this becomes, like I said, a natural state of being. I do this because it's who I am. I don't see the sick healed because it's just it's part of ministry. I don't, even, I don't even just pray for the sick because Jesus said to. I pray for the sick because love compels me because that's what I, I want people to be better. Like I want them to experience what I experience. I want them to know him the way that I know him and even more. I want to see them run further and faster than I ever could. Like this is, I mean, this is our desire, right? When we become sons and daughters, it's not just ours at Revive the World Ministries. It's the whole body of Christ all over the world. It's what we're made for. It's what's on the inside of you. It's ingrained in your DNA all the way down to the molecular structure. You've been born again into divine nature, right? By incorruptible seed. So everything changed in the moment that you said yes to Jesus. Even if you, didn't, you don't feel like it, right? Good news is, is that your feelings don't dictate your future. What you believe does. <laughs> but my feelings, my feelings can't indicate 
what I'm believing. <clears throat> and so we got to tell this particular woman who was a psychic who eventually gave her life to Jesus after building a little bit of a relationship with her. She said, I need to know how you all do this. It's, it seemed to me that when you did it, it was effortless. And we're like, yeah, it is effortless because it's not us that does it. <laughs> it's the one we are in relationship with, the one that I'm one with, the one that I was created to move and breathe as one in unity with. Well, as he is, so are we in this world. Isn't that good news? Shoot. I'm going to wrap some testimonies to you about the Pride Festival. We did demonstrations. And just wanted to show you, I want to encourage you that when you see somebody that is like, you know, some of us have prayed in a room, have prayed for hundreds of sick people, sick people, right? Some of us in a room have prayed for hundreds of sick people on one trip. Like, I, you know, that's just part of what we're, we get to do. It's part of our part of the body of Christ. Not everybody's going to do that, but everybody gets to do the same things that Jesus demonstrated to us. Because it's who we are. And so when you see something like that, and you're like, okay, that was really easy. Like, there was no profound, like, that's the prayer model. Like, I've got, other, I've got another prayer model that I could give you. I don't have time to give it to you tonight, but that's the best one. And Aaron said it beautifully this morning in morning session. It's, it's not really about what the words that I use. It's not about how, how I hold my mouth, the, the tone of my voice. If I'm standing on one leg or not, I have my hand in the right place, right? If I'm under my breath, like none of that, that's not, we teach people don't pray in tongues in public. Please don't, unless you want to frighten someone. If you like to see somebody run out of the chip aisle without their groceries and maybe without their spouse, Shonda Donda down that aisle and they'll... I'm telling you, that just, it just freaks people out. And it's not necessary. It's to edify me. It's not necessary. It's not, it's not part of a prayer model. So, so there's defaults that we have to actually get rid of. It, and especially as Pentecostals, that we have defaults that we go to. Like if it doesn't work, I better pray in tongues. Right? Or get louder, or I better get more intense, dry harder. None of that's going to get anybody healed. Right, those are all things that, and I'm, I, I get to say this because these are all things I've done. I've done, I've done some of the silliest stuff, thinking that it would, that it would work, because somehow there was a magic, there was a magic prayer, there was a magic pose, there was a magic language. Forget. I'm just, I'm just saying, like, that, none of that stuff is, it, it's, we think the reason that we do that stuff oftentimes is because we've either seen somebody else do it and it worked for them, or it worked for us once, and we're like, now I have the secret. You already had the secret, it's intimacy. It's just, it's just living and breathing in intimacy with the one who's, who's in love with me. It's not complicated to, to see folks healed. So I want to I read, after I read these testimonies, you can put your uh, finger in, in Matthew chapter 14. I totally had another message, and I feel like 
Jesus changed at least a measure of it while we were in worship. I was always ready. I was going to preach this message here. I preached it twice. I haven't preached it here yet. It's about the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. I started to get this revelation, and, and we'll see what happens tonight. But before the night's over, we plan on seeing some more folks healed through the empowerment of you all because you're not here to see what I can do. The city, the city, the region, the nation, the nation of the world needs a demonstration of love through you. They need to hear the sound that only you can release. The sound that only love activates. I'll just keep going. I won't ever get to these testimonies. You'll be like, he was supposed to start on testimonies 30 minutes ago. I'm just so excited. <laughs> so we went to the Greenwood Pride Festival two weeks ago. It's something that we, we love to do. Some of y'all have heard these testimonies, but I'm sure you could hear them 10 or 15, 20 more times at least. <clears throat> And so we've been going to Pride Festivals. Actually, Dave Noel got us hooked up with Pride Festivals in 2015. And I won't go into the whole big backstory, but my gosh, it was the biggest stretching of my faith that I had ever experienced. And it was probably the best thing that ever happened to me in my Christian life because it showed me how much Christian language I use and actually how unrelatable to the rest of the world I've been at times and realized that I was only, I could only minister within church culture and some of the language I used didn't even translate in church culture, right? I used this, I don't know if I used this uh, demonstration here, this, like the anointing. Have you ever had somebody prophesy over you, you have the anointing of the sons of Issachar? You've heard that prophetic word before? Y'all know who the sons of Issachar is? Raise your hand if you know who the sons of Issachar is in the Bible, right? We've got Christians that have been Christians for decades that don't know who they are Right? And the only reason I know is because somebody prophesied over me, and I thought, I thought, I have no clue what that means. I better look it up. Because it, it made no sense to me at all whatsoever. And it means, you know, they knew the times and the seasons. But you know there's probably about 500 different ways to say that that don't include anointing or sons of Issachar. But when I get accustomed to a particular culture, I'll get, I'll get comfortable. And there's no growth where I'm comfortable. That's why he sent a comforter, so that we could live in discomfort, or I like to say uncomfortability, which I found out's not in the dictionary. But I am lobbying for it to be there. And if I have my way, or somebody, the Urban Dictionary, I get it somewhere. It's going to be on Google before I leave the, leave the planet. So we've been going to Groom of Pride Festivals. I won't go into the big story of how we do it, but we had a tent, five hours, five and a half hours. We had a line of 20 to 25 people waiting the whole time to come in for physical healing, spiritual readings, and dream interpretation. I'm going to drop that on you with no explanation. And so just wanted to, just wanted to see your faces. So, so that is, that's me. You miss that big head anywhere. So that's the line. That's the way that it was. We had a 10 by 10 tent because that's all they'd let us get. And if you, if you didn't know how much 100 square feet would get you, uh, you can fit eight people in there. And that's it. So we got people outside the back of the tent. You know, we're ministering in the grass. We, got, we didn't 
have enough help. I was sending text messages just with the word help and exclamation point. But we train people specifically to go to these events. So we don't actually invite anybody that hadn't been trained. You know, we'll do more training next year. If you all are interested in that, that's a possibility. But so we saw a tumor dissolved on a girl's back and her friend paid, prayed for her. And her friend wasn't saved. Let that mess with your theology. Uh, <laughs> screws dissolved in a young lady's toe, seemingly dissolved. We don't have a doctor's report to actually state, oh, yes, they did. But she couldn't move her toes because of the screws, and now she can move her toes freely. So I don't know. I figure it's deductive reasoning. So she was freaked out, and they told her, don't be surprised if you go back to the doctor and those screws aren't there. A man's hip was healed after nine years of pain because he was a cancer survivor, and he'd had radiation, and the radiation caused the pain in his hip. And just that fast, Jesus, Jesus healed him, right? <clears throat> so there was a man that came in with a dream that got interpreted he came, it was, it was, he said, it was like, y'all play volleyball, basketball, any sport, right? Like a, like somebody set you with a, for a real nice spike or an alley-oop for a dunk in a lot of years and I could do that, but <laughs> once upon a time. So he comes in with a dream and says, Hey, I had this dream. Can't shake it. About two weeks ago, I'm like, you know, when somebody says, that, I'm like, God sets you up in a good way. He says, angels were in the dream, demons were in the dream, and devil was in the dream. And I was wearing a cross. And the angel, an angel told me, you know what the cross is for. Just a statement, not a question. You know what the cross is for. He's like, I can't figure it out. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not the greatest dream interpreter, but I, I, I hear you, Jesus. Like, we're going to get this one, right? <laughs> And through this dream interpretation and an encounter, of, an encounter with love through dream interpretation, this, this young man gets born again. Mm, come on. <laughs> yeah. So there was, a, there was a young lady whose neck got healed. She'd had six months of nerve pain. She can't bend over, do anything. Her whole back is jacked up. And her niece and her sister pray for her. Her niece was probably, I don't know, six, seven, eight years old. They prayed two, three times, and she's completely healed, right? Let me add to that, the sister had been kicked out of church for her lifestyle. It was a real special moment, because you know, we don't tell them we're Christians until the end, or followers of Jesus, like they don't know. We don't even use the name of Jesus when we're praying for people. Because he said, do everything in my name. The name's not at some tag on and hope to get something it's not the magic potion right do everything in my do everything one with me in the authority of my name you're acting on behalf of me because i have deputized authorized you and made you an ambassador i'm not saying don't use the name of jesus i'm saying in certain situations you don't have to because you embody you're a living epistle <laughs> come on right and so when they find out that it's actually Jesus we're representing, and unfortunately Jesus had been misrepresented to them, so much redemption, so much reconciliation, right? My gosh, that's beautiful. There was, um, there was a young lady. Here's the last one. There was a young lady, and we, I had tons of them, just don't have time. We have a page, I'm like a really long page of testimonies. 
a young lady had a, came in with a broken ankle. We had a moment that just got real. She got inner healing. We saw lots of inner healing that day. She got inner healing, trauma healed, broken off of her. And then I was going to pray for the ankle, and I thought, mm, let's just check it. How's your ankle? She's like, it doesn't hurt. I'm like, can you stand up on it? Broken, remember? Bone in half, broken. She's like, doesn't hurt. I'm like, and you came. Doesn't hurt now? No, you know, and their, their wheels are turning. You're like, you're trying to, you're waiting for them to catch up to realize that look what love just did. And she's like, oh, yeah, it did hurt. I'm like, this is a, she's like, yeah, it is amazing. I'm like, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Most of, we, like I said, we didn't pray for that ankle. So, so many times we see stuff like that happen, and it reminds me that Jesus wants to do it more than we want him to. And most of those people got prayed for by their kids, somebody that was with them, their spouse, their significant other, and, and not any of the ones that I came across, except for maybe one or two even knew who Jesus was or knew Jesus, had any kind of relationship. And they're all seeing, they saw a lot of miracles that day through their hands. Hey. <laughs> Just leave out there. <laughs> we want to make sure that you know that you have an open heaven over you everywhere you go. There is absolutely nothing that can stifle, block, I don't care, the region, the demonic principalities or powers or what people say about this is a hard soil for Jesus. They're not receptive to the gospel. I, when people tell me that stuff when I'm going somewhere, I just nod along and laugh inside. And I remind myself, I have an open heaven over me. God does miracles everywhere I go. Right? <laughs> Right, every time I'm around atheists, Satanists, witches, warlocks, gangsters, New Agers, government leaders, LGBTQ community, they encounter the love of the Father and get born again. That's the declarations I make. And I do that because then it brings me into a belief that when somebody says something that's counter-kingdom culture or that has no hope attached to it, I immediately respond with hope. It's a natural reaction because you and I were wired to be completely hope-filled. But I felt like I was supposed to read this passage uh, tonight in, in Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verse 13. So those of you that have headings in your Bible, if you, you look at the top of the, the page in verse 1, you see John the Baptist beheaded. Like you're familiar with that when that took place. That's in Matthew 14, uh, verse 1 through verse 12. So Jesus has just heard about his cousin being beheaded. Like not only the guy that paved the way for him, but actually his blood. Right? His, we're in Oklahoma and a little further south, I say kin. His blood relative. Like this... Even Jesus was moved, like he wept over, over Jerusalem. Like he wasn't stoic and unemotional. Like he got, he, you know, when John got killed, it, he had to deal with it like everybody else. Because though he was God, he didn't, he didn't walk the earth as God. He walked 
full of the Holy Spirit. He was fully God, fully man at the same time. He just decided not to walk the earth as God because that was the plan. And so he walked full of the Holy Spirit. So that means he had all the human emotions and all the things that you have to deal with. Right? And you process pain in his presence and he models that. And so Jesus, this is verse 13. It says, when Jesus heard it, he departed from there. I'm reading out of the New King James. Sorry. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. And he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Let me read that again. When Jesus heard it, he departed from there by boat to a deserted place by himself. It appears to me that Jesus is going to spend some alone time. Right? Who knows alone time is important? <laughs> Everyone is like, yes! <laughs> I used to didn't think I needed it, but now I realize that there are times when I do. So he departed by boat to a deserted place to be by himself. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from their cities. Everybody heard about the miracles that were happening, right? You, you can't live in, in, in like he's walking everywhere. It's not like today. It's not like from, you know, your, uh, California to New York. You know, they're, they're, they're doing everything together. People, word spreads quickly. That was their telephone system, right? That was their mail system, right? They, they, the words spread, and so these people are following him because they want, they want what he's got, That's a word for us, right? When people see authentic love coming from, I'm not talking about perfect people. I'm talking about authentic love and vulnerability in sons and daughters of God who live in intimacy. They'll want what we've got, right? They, and, and we're experiencing that now because God's, I believe God's doing something in the body of Christ. Maybe, he's been, maybe I'm just becoming aware of it and he's been doing it for a long time. I don't know. But I believe he's doing something in the body of Christ that's bringing up a line in the sand between those that operate out of love and operate out of the performance and just ministry-driven. I believe it's becoming more and more obvious for, to, that there's a clearer picture of who's operating out of religion and who's operating out of love. And I believe, so when I say that, this is what could take place. You're like, oh, those religious people, wow. Most of us used to be one, right? And how do we come out of religion? Grace and mercy. I didn't find my way out. I didn't find my way to Jesus. I was in an 8 by 10 room and ready to kill myself. Like <laughs> I wanted to die. And Jesus walked in the room as love and loved me into wholeness. Right? So, like, we must... If we want to impact everyone and not just some people, we must have compassion for those that are still in religion and realize what brought us out. Right? And so I believe that there's a dividing line coming so that those that are still in religion, and I probably got some stuff in my thinking that still needs to go that's religious. You know what I mean? I, I almost guarantee it. But becoming aware means that I'm no longer deceived. <laughs> That's a good feeling. Because 
the bad part isn't having religious mentality or strongholds or mindsets still. The bad part is believing that I don't. <laughs> and that's why you surround yourself with truth tellers who really love you enough to tell you the truth. But I believe that the dividing line is happening so that those that are still in religion can actually experience this beautiful thing that I absolutely love, which is called conviction. Because every time I get convicted, it's an invitation into everything Jesus paid for. I see him holding out his hand, saying, come on, I got more for you, son. I'm like, all right, let's go. <clears throat> so it's, he's, it's, it's happening, and it's so, I believe it's so that we come into the fullness of unity. Right? Because he's coming back for a spotless bride, not brides, and definitely not a bridezilla but a bride, right? And so we're coming into that. Sometimes we've got to zoom out to see it. When I have a narrow focus, all I'll look at is what I actually is in front of my face. It's the biblical principle of magnification. Whatever I, whatever I focus on will get bigger. So what do I choose to focus on? I choose to focus on the, the hope. I'm not ignorant of the things that aren't happening, but I'm focusing on those things that are happening. And so many people said it over last night, this morning, this afternoon, is the testimony of the goodness of God. That's my rightful meal. That's where, that's where I live. <clears throat> Doesn't mean I don't deal with other stuff. So verse 14 says, And when Jesus went out, he saw a great multitude. He saw a whole bunch of people. His cousin just died. What might have been my response <laughs> was to avoid them... <laughs> If at all possible, <laughs> reboard the boat and try for the other side. <laughs> and just see how bad they needed a miracle, right? <laughs> how fast can you run? Because I'm going to think that our boat can do faster than you can. And so I'm gone. Because it's so easy to become inwardly focused in a moment of tragedy or heartache or things not going right, or me not personally feeling well, being sick, being tormented, any of that stuff, right? And then it's easy for us to turn inward and say, this disqualifies me because I'm not, I don't have it all together. I'm going to tell you what I'm not saying before it's over. Let me finish this statement. And he was moved with compassion for them and he healed their sick. Jesus models something to us in this moment that no matter what we're actually going, for, going through, what we're experiencing, the kind of pain, the kind of situation, the way people are acting around us, what we may have done or poor choice that we've made, whatever it is, nothing disqualifies us from everything that He created us for. Because it's absolutely impossible for or sin, or any of those other things to be more powerful than the love that He has for me. That if I will allow Him to, He'll love me out of that situation. And sometimes for some of us, the very thing, we, we've, experienced, we've experimented with this, the very thing that is my freedom, where the anointing operates out of my life, the anointing breaks the yoke, right? It's what destroys the yoke. Where the anointing operates out of my life, I will at times allow situations 
that are painful or I don't feel well or I don't feel well right now. Like I've been sick for six weeks with something going on in here. Nothing contagious, don't worry. I'm not going into great detail. I've done two healing trainings in the last two weeks and seen tons of folks healed. The temptation for any one of us, I don't care how spiritual we are, how long we've been doing this, there's that voice that's calling out to us that's not inside of us but externally and saying, don't pray for people you're not healed. How can you do that when you don't feel well? Why aren't you healed yet? It's the voice of accusation. Right? If you're not healed, you might as well not even try. Right? You're in a bad spot right now. You remember what you said to your spouse this morning? Don't even, don't even attempt it. You're not worthy of praying for people. <laughs> Guess what? I didn't make me worthy anyway. He did. <laughs> and no matter what, I, so I, I want to, I felt like that this is why Jesus shifted the message. So that there could be any lie of accusation that something disqualifies us would be broken off of us tonight. That no matter what we're going through, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter how we feel physically, no matter how we feel emotionally, that Jesus this is the same in us in every single season. And if he can be moved with compassion when his cousin died in a moment, then we are set up literally. He sets an example. His example echoes from this moment on until today and will throughout all of eternity saying that you can be moved with compassion in any season that you're in because compassion's already on the inside of you. The love of the Father has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. Romans 5.5, 5, right? It means to gush out. It means to overflow. It's not just enough to get you and I by. To like just barely love people until we get to heaven. So I'm a nice Christian. Right? <laughs> it's literally, it's like it's exploding out of us. And compassion is actually initiated and driven by love. It's the accelerant, it's the fuel, it's what makes compassion possible, and you already have it. So regardless of what's going on, I can still tap into the compassion that's on the inside of me. If I will choose to not allow my circumstances, my situation, the way my body feels, to dictate the way I express the Father to the next person that's in front of me. We have it already. It's already in there. Right? <clears throat> I remember being in Brazil and having sciatic pain. You ever been on a long overseas flight and been hurting? It's horrific. You know what I mean? But... I'm a man, be tough, and I'm going to eat ibuprofen, right, because I'm going to do the practical, because I'm not going to, well, I'm just going to suffer with this pain, because Jesus is going to heal me, yeah, I believe Jesus is going to heal me, but I also believe that he doesn't want me to suffer, and if I got to take ibuprofen, that's what I'm going to do, <laughs> I'm going to do something practical, 
right? I remember hearing the doctor say one time, if I pray for somebody and their headache doesn't leave, I'm going to tell them to take a Tylenol. I thought, that's a good word right there. <laughs> it's practical. But I remember having sciatic pain. I was, <laughs> I was doing some off-road running, you know what I mean, some stuff through the woods that I probably shouldn't have just jumped into and, and uh, had this sciatic thing that went right down my backside and to my leg. And I dealt with it for six months. And on this trip was about four months into that specific pain. And I remember having people stand that night, uh, one of those nights, it was a Saturday night of the trip in Recife, Brazil, over 400 people were there that needed physical healing from pain. And we invited the Holy Spirit to come during a communion service and watch God heal these people in a matter of moments. All but five or six of them were all the way, pain completely gone, and and the five or six or seven were 50% or more better. Right? That's pretty amazing. You know what? I went home that night and I still had pain. Went back to the hotel that night. And I took an ibuprofen before I went to bed. And I had a choice to make. Because every time something like this takes place, I have a choice to make. That I can either allow it to prevent love from coming out of me. Or I can actually allow it to accelerate the love of the Father in me. Because love increases in harder situations than than it will ever increase in a situation where everything's going right. I am not saying that God causes bad situations so that you grow in love. Like He doesn't need to do that. Like He's got a lot of ways to teach us. <laughs> like He's a good dad. If you wouldn't do it to your kid, or let it go, or, or wouldn't it's not legal to you to do to any human being that it, God doesn't do it. Like. You know, he doesn't, I I feel like I'm in a room full of people that knows that he's a good father. Even though when we get into the goodness of God, sometimes when we start to define that, it gets a little crunchy, as some people say. (laughs) Like he's good and, and, and it's his will to heal every time. And if I go with any other mentality, Aaron mentioned this morning, if I go with it's, it's literally not legal for me to go with any other mentality when I'm going to pray for somebody. Because if I do, I'm going to doubt, right? And I'm going to create some weird theology that doesn't exist in the Bible. Jesus didn't model. And so there's been so many Sundays, so many Wednesdays, so many ministry trips when I didn't feel well. Things didn't seem to be going right for me. And I've powered through more times than I can count. But there came a point when powering through wasn't working for me any longer. And exhaustion set in, and I just began to operate out of my own strength. And that's when the Father started to give me a revelation on what rest was. And that rest wasn't a day off or me sleeping in for a day. Hallelujah. It was actually a position that you and I were created to live from. I have a friend that says, I rest while I run or run while I rest. And that's one of my declarations. Because sometimes you don't get the day off. I'm not saying you shouldn't take it because rest, rest should be a rhythm. And rest becomes a rhythm when I actually am intentional and disciplined in scheduling that time off. Alone time. Whatever refreshes you and refuels you. You say, why are you talking to me about refreshing and refueling and rest in a 
healing and miracles. Because the Father intends for you and I to finish stronger than we started. He doesn't intend us to be a flash in the pan, a firework in the sky. Like, it's not about the show. Like, He literally cares about you. He cares about all of you, right? Every part of you, spirit, soul, and body. That's why He sent Jesus. And so I did want to say what I wasn't saying in the sense of, if you've got some, if you're making poor choices or you're doing something that doesn't line up with the nature and character that you actually are a part of now, the, the, your, your new DNA, just stop. <laughs> because you're a powerful person and you can. Like you can make powerful choices now. Sin's not a part of your life. It's not even a part of your nature. Right? We, we talk about, oftentimes talk about sins missing the mark. You know, it talks about it in Romans 3. 23, right? All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. This means to miss the mark. Missing the mark was me not living out of my true nature anymore. What if it actually, maybe it was a little bit about, about me living out of everything that he dreamed I would be as a son. And instead, I've made it about this, you know, don't watch this, don't do this, don't go there. Which all that can be wisdom depending on the lifestyle that you've had of and how long you've been a Christian. There's places I didn't go alone for a handful of years. Where I shouldn't be back up in, you know, where they're pulling pounds somewhere. <laughs> but now I can go in there. And it's okay. Right? So, I'm not saying don't use wisdom. And I'm not saying you've got an excuse that if power still moves through you, oh, I must be okay so I can stay in this funky lifestyle. No, that's not who you are. Right. And if I live in a lifestyle that actually doesn't portray love in my true nature, I just don't know how much I'm loved. And that's what I need to know. It's not, it's not complicated. I don't have to work my way back into it. I just need to believe better. Remember, it's never about... My first question should never be, what do I need to do? It should always be, what do I need to believe? Isn't that good? It's simple. Because my beliefs actually dictate my actions. And so when I believe that there's an open heaven over me, when I believe that there's no self-imposed glass ceiling over me, when I believe that I'm one with the, the miracle worker, my beliefs will take me into a place that I will be relentless in seeing people come into wholeness regardless of their lifestyle, what they look like, living, how they're talking. Right? Now, the Father's looking for people that will love people out of darkness. And realize that it's not going to get on me. That's why we're not scared to go anywhere. Psychic fairs or New Age festivals or whatever. Like, <laughs> you're so much more powerful than that stuff. <laughs> it's, it, it's, mm, you get it. <laughs> you get it, right? You get it? <laughs> and this is one of the number one things I do. I'm going to say it in a different way. I think that Aaron said it because I. Really important. Like me getting a word all the time is probably not best for me. Because sometimes I'm not telling you, don't 
Let people give you prophetic words. Let them encourage the daylights out of you, right? Like, do it. Record them, but be responsible with them. But I am saying that I, I need to do something with the last thing I heard, the last revelation I got, right? We're not people who are just, this is not consumer mentality, where I just listen to every podcast I can, every YouTube thing I can. I'm just constantly, right? I meditate on stuff. Maybe I listen to the same podcast 25 times because I realized that 45 minutes worth of teaching, it's impossible for me to get everything in, in, in one setting. Because this is what I focus on anytime there's a teaching that's at all, period. I don't care if we're in the room for 25 minutes or 45 minutes. This, this is a school, so I'm giving you stuff that would be, I'd, I'd teach at any school like this. Regardless of how long the message is, I'm looking for one thing that hits me deep. One thing that speaks to me, one revelation, because that's probably all I can pull out of that message, right? Now, maybe you can do more than that. Like, I don't know a lot of people who can, but you may be one of them. So, it's, review is like the school system has been living and dying by it for a long time, right? Review, 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 because you get it in your mind. We can take some practical lessons from from that kind of stuff. And so this is what I do, is I focus on the presence more than the problem. I focus on the presence more than the problem. <clears throat> because remember, whatever I focus on actually gets bigger. Jesus in this moment of, of grieving could have easily have focused on the problem that he had at hand and would have been overwhelmed by grief in such a way that he wouldn't have been able to be moved by compassion where a crowd of people needed a demonstration of what the Father looks like. And so he doesn't focus on that, but it seems to me that he remains in rest, living at one with the Father, which means that I'm focusing on the presence, because when I'm focusing on presence more than I am problems, it's going to recalibrate me every time, right into the center of awe and wonder. Those two things that are bookends for awe and wonder are mystery and revelation. We live in a kingdom where mystery is one of the most prevalent things that we encounter. Jesus could have easily have went into, why God did you allow John to get beheaded? Why John go out like that? John actually paved the way for me. Father, what were you doing letting him get killed? You see how that spirals? Like, that's a road that there's nothing down for us. I'm not saying I haven't traveled a few times. I've been around the block on that road. But practical, getting back to focusing on the presence by feeding on the testimony of the goodness of God actually brings me back to awe and wonder. And the longer I'm staying in awe and wonder, the less I actually want to ask some of those questions. I'm not saying they don't matter. Your questions are important to the Father, right? I'm just encouraging you not to allow your questions to take you into a place that, that actually disappointment seems like something that I, I 
I'm supposed to live in. Like it becomes a part of me, not just a season or a day or a week or a month. But it actually gets into my foundation. And then when I approach somebody for healing, they need a miracle in their finances, and they need restoration of relationship or whatever it is, I'm hesitant. And it actually causes me to live out of a place that I was never created to. So that I can't operate freely out of my new nature. I'm not saying it's impossible to operate out of your new nature like that. Because, I mean, God's God. He can do it every once. <laughs> I've seen miracles that we we thought just that were accident, you know, accidentally happened. I don't even know. <laughs> you know, when you first get started, there's a lot of things that seem like they happen by accident. Presence shows up by accident. You're like, oh, how'd that happen? You're like, this is really good. How's this happening? And it didn't happen for three, four, five, six more weeks. And then you're like, what happened? We did something wrong. But then you learn practical principles of actually what some call hosting the presence. And I just call focusing on the presence of God. Of staying in awe and wonder of Him and not allowing disappointment or anything that's even down that road to shape me. Or my situation or how I feel. And, and I'm not saying that I don't contend for my healing. I'm not saying I'm not laying hands on myself. I'm not making declarations. I'm doing all that stuff. But when it hasn't happened, I am learning to live in a place where I will always choose to demonstrate love no matter what's happening in my life. Because that's what we were made for. The switch has actually already been flipped for that for you. You, you've, al- you've already, the switch has already been flipped for you to live full throttle in love all the days of your life. <laughs> Come on. There's nothing. All of hell can't stop you from living out of your calling. <laughs> like it's already been defeated. He disarmed principalities and powers at the cross. How in the world could a devil stop me? Like, I don't have to pay attention to him. I don't need to war with him. I don't need to argue with him. I don't need to pay him any mind at all. So I got to bind him and remind him. You know what binds the devil? Is when you and I know who we are. I don't have to say anything. My actions will always bind him before my words ever will. And sometimes my words won't bind him when I don't live out of my new nature. When I didn't know who I was and I was doing all this quote-unquote warfare and getting beat up, it was all because it was just words. I didn't realize that, that actually warfare came from a place of intimacy when I don't need to do anything but live out of who I am. Demon-possessed people fell down at the feet of Jesus and worshipped Him. Like, he, did, he, he didn't do anything but live as a son in love. He didn't have to change. They came running to Him. Come on. That's what's happening. They're, run, they're running to love. 
They're running to love. They may not know where they're running, but they're trying to run away from pain. They're trying to run away from addiction. They're trying to run away from their heartache and their brokenness, right? And the Father's got people like you that have got their arms wide open just waiting for them. I learned, I'm going to start giving some knowledge here in just a moment as, as we get ready to have some more fun. See some people healed and empowered and maybe do a some kind of tunnel. I don't know. You call it whatever you want. <laughs> Encounter Jesus tunnel. Joy tunnel. Healing tunnel. Love tunnel. It's whatever the moment calls for, right? You're most commonly associated with a fire tunnel. There'll be fire in there. You know the word huba in the Aramaic, if you look up uh, the word love, 1 Corinthians 13. It, it literally means fiery, fiery love. Isn't that good? Yeah. Like, yeah, I like that. That's good. <laughs> Send more fire. Sometimes, you know, you're, you find, like you're singing that song, Refiner's Fire, then you, you sing it a couple times, you're like, I'm not sure I wanted to sing that. I was just real hype. I didn't realize I was making a declaration and inviting refinement into my life. Y'all to watch what you sing. Because <laughs> it's coming. Real good way. I actually like, I like refinement. It's changed my life. So, I, um, Lindsay and I were, I'll tell you this, this story and then we'll, is this, is this good? You guys good? Yeah. <clears throat> I so desperately wanted to preach to you out of Romans 8 too. I still want to. We'd be here for a long time, but I'm not supposed to. I'm not going to. Don't worry. I know a few of you might have got tense when I said that. Thanks for listening to Revive the World Ministries podcast. Join us each week for another message and listen to past messages by visiting us online at (laughs) revivetheworld.us. Let me tell you one declaration that I made out of that particular passage. Is that all right? Feels like I got permission. Germ sickness and disease die when they get near me because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Come on, that's good. Germs, sickness, and disease die when they get near me. I used to say on me, now I just they get near me because the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me from the law of sin and death. It's all right there, it's all Bible. Everything contained within the law of sin and death dies when it gets near me. Bows at the one who's in me. When, when I, by John, John, John G. Lake, yeah, that's, that's, well, I, that's initially, I don't have time for that. That's initially why I heard And hearing revelation from somebody else is great, but hearing it doesn't make it mine. I'll find out if I believe it when I encounter a situation it calls for. (laughs) And I found out that I didn't, it wasn't the first file on the filing cabinet, but it was three or four files back. So I. (laughs) So now I'm working it to the front by making declarations. 
and it's becoming it's 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 mine right i may not see the fullness of it i'm seeing the measure of it and i'm celebrating progress right because that's what the father does so let me tell you this story about Lizzie and i when we were in tulsa sand springs technically but those of you probably don't know where sand springs is but it's a small suburb of tulsa we had these two little girls that were our prayer team. Elizabeth was 11, she's 11, and Callie's 8. And these two little girls saw more healing and miracles um, on Friday night than I had in the first seven or eight years of, of my Christian life. We recruited them as a prayer team. We didn't know, Lindsay and I didn't know that they'd never prayed for folks before like that. Like this wasn't a normal part of their life. Um, it was a normal part of their life to know that they could because that's what they're getting taught. It was a normal part of their life or is a normal part of their life that they can hear God and get prophetic words, all those things. So they're doing an amazing job of teaching the kids that. And, and then, you know, but when you're growing up, sometimes you're shy by nature. And praying for people, y'all know that already, can be kind of scary, just as adults. So we saw these little girls step into boldness in a moment that was, I thought they'd been praying for people since they could, you know, walk. <clears throat> they saw crazy miracles. On Sunday, we had them, we had, I was praying for, Lindsay and I, we're going to pray for one person. Because we were turning the people loose that we've been training all weekend on each other, right? Just like I told you all, you don't need to see what we can do. We need to see, the city needs you. They don't, you know. I believe that's a small part of greater works is there's just the Spirit of God is empowering everybody to do the works of Jesus and to demonstrate love in every situation, whatever it calls for. So the woman we were going to pray for, she's in a wheelchair. And I thought, okay, we'll pray for the girls. Um, we'll have them come and pray. And the woman had had encephalitis. I got it right this time. It only took like four times of me telling the story encephalitis at 21 months old and so it put her in a wheelchair she'd had three steel rods in her right leg her knee was just crushed and destroyed and um so she had bowel and, and intestinal problems and <clears throat> so we start to pray for her and i'm asking her you know i'm i'm finding out everything's going on getting to know who she is she'd come out of she lived in romania she came out of communism like she had a crazy testimony which she'd already lived through and so the holy spirit to come and we start to pray and we just pray a short prayer like we normally do and i saw her wince you know her i'm watching her face because this is another thing that y'all should know that's practical pray with your eyes open not just when you're in not up-and-coming neighborhoods <laughs> all the time especially if you're at, you know we've been in Kroger's parking lot before me and Matt and Jeff were praying for a lady and she starts to fall in the parking lot like we're the only white folks around you know this this black lady I'm like she falls in the parking lot and we get worse than right here we're in trouble <laughs> they don't care if she got healed Jesus is going to have to show up with some angels. Like, <laughs> but I hope I was as fast as I was that day. I was, you know, running for my fishing pole when me and Dave were fishing. But story for another time. We keep our eyes open. We watch people. Watch what the Spirit of God is doing. Watch in this moment. She's in pain. 
So I'm going to stop praying. I'm not going to keep praying. I'm going to ask her, hey, what's going on? Okay. She said, I got this stabbing pain that's in my left side. I said, did it start? And we started praying for you? She said, yes. She said, I know what it is. It's opposition. That's church language for I know it's demonic. Like I know there's a critter that's, that's poking there. Now, I don't ask her to go into, I don't get all introspective and like, let's see what Jesus is saying and this isn't time for a sozo. It, that's not what she came to the altar for, right? She came to get loved. And so I do, I react to the training I've had. The training I've had is take authority over it, bind it, and because she's, you know, she knows what's up. Usually, if a person doesn't know what's up in a situation like that, I'm not going to mention to them they got a demon, like a, a demon of pain. I don't, they don't need to know that. Like, you got a demon. Okay, let me scare you real quick before we pray a little more. I'm like, I don't think that that's productive. <laughs> Very counterproductive, right? We release hope and love, not, not fear and hopelessness. So because she knows, I, I still operate the same way. I said, I'll take authority over you pain in Jesus name just command you to leave and I just do it in a normal actually a low tone of voice because you know the devil doesn't leave because you get loud that just shows that we're more afraid so <laughs> that's a whole other teaching but it, I like it so I'll live that all that stuff so we pray a short prayer and I say how is it she says the same because I always ask, is it the same or is it better, the same or worse? She said it still hurts just as bad. I said, all right, let's pray again. Third time, remember, third time pray. Pray again, same thing. I react to the training I've had. Do you know that you can get so ingrained with the training that you've had that you, you can become, like I did in this moment, not flexible to respond to what love wants to do? And so after we prayed the third time, her pain had gotten better, but it was still there, which tells me that that thing's still present. And then in this moment, an 11-year-old, an 8-year-old girl became my teacher. Teachers. And Elizabeth leans over and she says, hey, can I hug her? And I'm like, sure, she'll, you know, just ask her. And nobody's going to turn down this little girl for a hug. You know what I mean? They're just adorable. So she hugs her, but she doesn't just give her the youth pastor side hug, you know? And she can get away with this, right? But she doesn't give them, you know, the youth pastor side hug. It's awkward, but we've all embraced it. And I know the reasons why it's good. But this little girl hugs and holds this woman for two, three solid minutes. That's a long time to hug somebody. And when she grabbed a hold of her neck, I felt love explode and shift the atmosphere. You just got a, an anointed spit bubble. Your shoe is blessed. The whole atmosphere shifted, and I'm like, whoa. I'm like, what's going on here? And I, and I start to, I'm just watching. 
You know, I'm attentive. At any moment, I can learn something from anyone. Remaining teachable is one of my highest life goals. From all walks of life, ages, genders, I don't care. I'll learn from them. I got something to learn. And this little girl was showing me what it looks like to respond to love when I operated out of what I've learned. And so this woman starts to have one of the most radical encounters I've ever seen on display in a prayer line. I asked her what, I said, hey, what's going on? After about five minutes, because she, you can tell, you know, you can tell outwardly she's encountering the Lord. <laughs> like, it's good. And it keeps on getting gooder as it goes on. <laughs> and it lasts for like 30 or 40 minutes. But after about five, I say, hey, how are you? And she's got her eyes closed, and she says, all my pain's gone. And she said, she said Jesus spoke to me, and he's pulling roots out of my heart. I'm like, she just hugged you. Like, that wasn't profound, right? I found out that love actually is profound. We're responding to it. And so then Callie gets on board, the eight-year-old. She says, I hug her? I'm like, I'm pretty sure she'll let just about anything happen at this point. <laughs> if it's got to do with a hug and one of y'all, it's, it's going down. Go ahead. Like she grabs her around the neck and it just keeps getting more intense. And this woman, I'm, you know, again, it's one of those moments that are so holy. You're like, just let me not do anything to mess this up. And I feel intuitively like intuition. I'm like, don't pray. Just thank God for what he's doing. Don't touch it. Just watch. And I'm just down there on the carpet watching. And Callie's hugging her and she's, you know, like, like I said, it's getting gooder. And she starts to give us a play-by-play -play at different times of what's happening. And she's like, Jesus has brought me into the throne room. He's transforming my mind right now. Hope is rising inside of me. I feel it. Faith is rising on the inside of me. I know I can pray for people again. I'm like, my gosh. I learned... A really valuable lesson from two little girls that day. And it's that if I'll respond to what love is doing in a moment, that, that those moments that we get to serve someone, that they will go far beyond a physical healing. That it will actually bring them into an encounter that will bring them into wholeness. And the healing that may have not been evident in that moment. And it will love them into their true nature and their true identity. And bring freedom to them from any nasty thing that they've picked up along the way. Because life, because the devil sometimes kicks us when we're down. Right? Because he doesn't fight fair. And so she loved that demonic oppression away and didn't say not one warfare prayer. Right? She loved that pain out of there. Right? She, they, those two little girls loved this woman into, like I said, one of the most intense life-transforming encounters I've ever seen. And she didn't, she didn't walk out of the room. She didn't get up. But she got healing, and she got healing in her intestines. She got healing in, I won't go into great detail how I know, but she 
this later, and it's just for the public testimony, but it, I, mean, in our, I mean, everything that you hope for in a prayer happened in that moment of those little girls hugging her. And so if you take away anything from tonight, is that the most profound prayer model that I could ever give you is to continue to live in intimacy like you have been. Go deeper in intimacy all the time, not because you want to see more, but because you want to know Him more. Paul's heart cry at the end of his life in Philippians 3 was, I want to know Him. Like, I felt like Paul knew Him fairly well. <laughs> I mean, he spent a handful of years just alone with Jesus getting revelation. Like, he didn't confer with the other apostles. Talks about that in Galatians, right? Like, I'm like, whoa. And it speaks to us of the lifestyle we were called to live. If I just want to know him, then it becomes a natural outflow because when I want to know him, and that's why I spend time with him, and I will actually allow him to love me, what I receive I become, and what I become I release. And then everything that we're teaching, talking about, everything that we were designed to see in the realm of the miraculous will become second nature. It won't become me trying to do it. And I believe that we're, we're you know, like we're in a place and have come into a new day where that is the prayer model. Whatever love's doing in a moment. And we're going to see far more than blind eyes open and deaf ears see and cancer dissolved. and all. We're going to see that stuff too. But we're going to see people loved into a place of their new identity and their new nature in Him, where they actually turn around and become everything that He created them to be in a demonstration of His love also. Because I honestly believe that's what it's all about. He didn't come so people could be physically healed only. He came so that they could be whole. And love makes that happen. Right? All of the Christian life is a demonstration of love. Or it's nothing. Right? Aren't you glad we get to be a demonstration of love? We're set up for this. It's in you. It's been poured out in your heart. Compassion has been birthed by the love of the Father. It's in your DNA. You're a sign. You're a wonder. You're a miracle. All right? So let's do this. This is going to be fun. I've got a lot of words of knowledge to give. They're mostly not mine. Actually, about 95% of them aren't. <laughs> because you know what? The um, Alex and Aaron, who not only do outreach, but also uh, do the kids, pastor the kids ministry and teach them to um, see the sick healed and hear Jesus and prophesy and all that stuff, they... They got words of knowledge from them and had them listen to Jesus and say, hey, what's God saying? This was on last Sunday. So they actually did them a week ahead of time, almost a week ahead of time. And then Nikki got some words of knowledge and she got them on Thursday. You want, you want me to just rattle them off? Is that okay? Okay, because I'm just going to rapid fire them. If you have one of these conditions, what we want you to do is just raise your hand. And then when I get done, we'll have you stand up. 
and we'll turn you all loose on each other. That means have you pray for each other. And then, if y'all are don't need to go home, I know it's Father's Day. We're gonna we'll be there'll be a after this, which will be a prayer tunnel um, for for more more of what heaven has to impart to us tonight. Because as we pray, there's always more. And so um, maybe y'all could work on. You got people already. Prayer knows they know who they are. <laughs> Leadership knows who they are too. <laughs> and we got a we got a we got a few people that we would probably get in on the on the party. So let let me um, let me have you declare this real quick. Is this okay? Just to end this before I give words of knowledge so that there's some kind of practical that goes with it. And this may become some of your everyday declaration until it transforms your mind until you believe it. You know, like I, I sing until I believe things. I don't sing publicly because y'all don't want to hear it, trust me. But I sometimes will sing truth out until I believe it. I make declarations until I believe it. So here's... <clears throat> There's no situation in my life that prevents me from demonstrating love and demonstrating compassion. There's nothing that disqualifies me from walking in everything Jesus paid for. <laughs> that feels good. Father, thanks for a hungry group of people. Thanks for everything that you've deposited in them. I thank you. I just feel the history that they have with you. And so thank you for the rich, rich history that they have with you. I thank you that they are coming out of here even col collecting breakthroughs that each one of us have seen different things. I thank you that they're taking away testimonies to hold before you and say, you're a good father. I know you're going to do it again in my life. So I thank you for just the the spirit of empowerment in the room. Empowering us to live out of everything that you already say we can. And thank you that minds have been further transformed tonight. Beliefs have gotten better. And I even thank you for some people that when we wake up in the morning and we look in the mirror, there's going to be a newfound love in our eyes for the person that we see. Thank you. In Jesus' name. There's something on that. Most important person I'll ever love outside of Jesus will be me. Love my neighbor as I love myself. When I love me well, I learn how to operate out of the overflow of love, which does not include my strength. I know when I'm operating out of my strength when it comes to love is when you exhaust me, make me tired, I get frustrated, fed up. I know I'm the only one in the room that's ever been there. When I feel like that, when I'm trying to love somebody, I know I'm operating out of the love that I carry, which is called Tony's strength. 
it does little to no good for anyone except for allows me to be nice to people sometimes. But when, since I've learned to love me and I started to look in the mirror and make these declarations to myself, that's when the rubber meets the road. It's one thing to make them when you're driving down a road in a car. It's another thing to make them when you look in the mirror and say them in your own eyes. That's the true test comes. And I started to say the things that God was saying about me as a son. You're royalty. You're chosen. You're holy. You're amazing. You're made for this. You're sinless. You, you know, I love you. <laughs> and the, you know, the first I don't know how many times you're like, I know it's true, but it doesn't feel good. And then it chips away because what happens? You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Sometimes the freedom we really need is to love me. Because it causes me to be able to accurately display the love of the Father to everyone else around me. Felt so selfish when I started to lean back and let the Father love me. Felt like the most selfish thing I'd ever done in my Christian life. And the Father told me, he said, you know what? It's actually the most selfless thing you've ever done. Because if you'll let me love you, you'll learn to love you. Will you let him love you? So, Father, we just, right now, we thank you for revelation of how important it is every one of our lives. How important it is, not just to our lives, it's how important it is to the world around us. We receive your love, Father, right now in this moment. We lean back and we allow you to love us. We lean back and we allow you to love us. Love is in the room. Thank you, Father. I'm just going to let you keep on loving us as I give these words of knowledge. Or try these words of knowledge. <laughs> Feels less risky when you're trying someone else's. I won't tell you which ones are the kids, which ones are Nikki's, and which ones are mine. Taking full responsibility for all of them. You feel it. That for some of us, we, some of us aren't feelers, and that's okay. You don't need to be a feeler. We're not, you know, some of us are, but some of you are sensitive to atmospheres, right? And you, did you feel the shift in the room when we started to just say, we lean back and let you love us? See how profound that is? What would happen if you did that when you were walking through the store? Because that's my goal is to actually lean back and let him love me every moment of every day of the rest of my life. Not just here, but there too. Because eternity's already started. I better get a head start on letting him love me. All right? I know, I know each one of us have a history that we could fill up lots of pages of, of paper of, of things that say, mm, I'm not worth his love. But Jesus actually said you were worth his love uh, like this. You're worth this much of my love. You're worth this much. And you don't actually get to say so in it. 
I'm going to love you whether you like it or not. Right here, demonstration on this cross. Right? And I believe that when he, he echoed, I believe it is finished, echoes throughout all of eternity, releases the revelation that everything we were never supposed to be is finito, finished. When we allow him to love us. So, <laughs> all right. Um, I was getting ready to tell you something that I said I wasn't going to. Um, <laughs> wrist. Somebody needs healing in the wrist. We got to take her. Okay. Bad headache. Bad headache? No. You have chronic headaches? You have a headache right now? And you, so then you have one right now? Okay. So you, the two takers? Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thanks for, for raising your hand. All right. Achilles? There's something wrong with your Achilles tendon? Anyone? Her? All right. Sarah? Um, uh, arm can't bend all the way. So you're lacking mobility in your arm. Like arm can't bend all the way. That's all I got. So take it if it applies to you and you need healing in your arm that can't bend all the way. Nope. Uh-huh. He was able to move his arm freely? Yes, Jesus. Well, some of these words of knowledge were gotten days prior, so we'll, we'll get uh, leg with cut. Somebody have a cut on their leg that needs healed? Nope. Okay. I thought I saw a hand. I see that hand. Broke, does somebody have, uh, I didn't see anybody, that, broken bone, broken bone, leg, broken arm, you have a broken arm, all right, you did have, does it hurt anymore, nope, did it heal right, dang, okay, I'm just kidding, <laughs> I'm just kidding, I'm really happy about that actually, <laughs> um, okay, tremors. Let me get tremors. Can't control any kind of nerve problem. Yeah, you guess at you. Both your friends are telling that you. Yeah, that, yep, you qualify. You qualify. <laughs> this is, I don't think this is, uh, I'm going to interpret this a couple different ways. It says deep cut in chest, but I'm thinking that you could have a deep wound here in your chest, but also anybody have a heart, anybody had a heart surgery or surgery there? The first one or the second one? This, okay. Yeah, okay, great. 
So I was giving some interpretation to it because I, I felt like that it needed it. Um, toe and ankle, toe and ankle hurting. Anybody? You have one of them? Yeah. Toe, ankle, ankle, toe. Toe or your ankle? Ankles, both, and toe? Both? Did you? I need y'all to respond faster. It happens everywhere, all the time. Hey, let real quick, why we give words of knowledge for physical healing? A, lots of people don't come for prayer because they deal with their injuries for so long that they just think, why get it? But the other reason is, is a word of knowledge is as if, if I give you a word of knowledge, because I didn't possibly have known it, like, what would it do to your faith if Jesus was standing in front of you and said, you have ankle pain? It would be a faith, you build it, right? That's, that's what giving a word of knowledge is like. Jesus is saying, you have ankle pain. So let think about that when you get a word of knowledge. It's something's wrong with you. That helps me. Um, the uh, upper respiratory breathing issues. Right there. Prayer. Bam. Bam. We've got takers everywhere. You've all won the lottery. Upper respiratory lottery. All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, Somebody was in a car wreck and you've still got injuries from it. I saw seven, was it seven years ago or 2007, was it? Seven years ago, 2007, 2017. Anybody? Yours was seven years ago? You were hit from behind seven years ago? Uh, no, it's been 2003. 2003, that's okay. It doesn't matter, it's the car wreck, but seven years ago? Really? Okay. What's wrong? Your hand? Oh, Jesus is going to heal some stuff tonight. Were you not treated a Appropriately at the at the hospital. No, okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. This is gonna this is gonna be good. This is your happy happy ending. Believe it. So, um, all right. Now I'm gonna go through others. You don't know. Uh, I actually had a few names that the that the, these I'm going to tell you the kids got <laughs> that they wanted to try. You guys will will play along, right? So, Rocio, which I know Rocio, but she's not here. So this would be first, middle, last. We'll take anything. <laughs> we'll take it all. Your dog? No, I'm just kidding. Rosie, there's a Rosie. How do you spell your name? Okay, that's close. Do you need healing for something? 
you haven't been able to smell since 2017? So COVID didn't do it to you. <laughs> like it did me. We'll blame it anyway. <laughs> okay. But it's back, what percent would you say if you put a number on it? You could just tell sweet. It's not all bad. Okay, we'll, we'll pray for you. Mm, I'm trying to get through this list. I really want to give you a prophetic word, maybe later. Um, <laughs> Reisman? Reisman? That would probably be a last name. I think we might be in the wrong culture for that Reisman no we're gonna try it yeah I mean, these kids are going for it right to try get names my gosh that's scary for me that's a stretch and um, there's an there's always do the last one two T-U no I figured I was in the wrong wrong room but you never know any, that makes sense to anybody. All right. Hey, I'm, I'll go for it for the kids. So all the words of knowledge on physical healing actually landed. Except for, except for the broken leg. <laughs> That's pretty amazing, isn't it? They got them a week ahead of time. So, okay. Um, the wrist has already been given. Uh, fingers. That's actually already been probably, that may apply to you. Your fingers also, Sarah. Fingers? Okay. Do you have... Mm-hmm. Does that hurt you too, aren't both of you? We'll take that too. If it's on your hand and it's like one of the... Phalanges. <laughs> yes. Yes, Dr. Phalange. That's what... All right, um, shoulder, or uh, an alignment issue, shoulder or a alignment issue, alignment, shoulder, frozen shoulder, a lot of shoulders in the room, I mean, that are hurt. Um. Knees. Oh, we're not having anybody left to have pray for each other. We're gonna have to take turns. <laughs> you all decide who should get prayer first, and then when that person gets healed, you pray for them. We're just gonna run out of folks that don't. If you need something healed, you come to the right place. Um, I, I think we said this one: broken bones that didn't heal right. That I don't know. Broken bones that. Definitely you. Broken bones that didn't heal right. Okay. Somebody else? Over here too. Sorry, I didn't see you. My peripheral wasn't working. Two more? Heal right? Man, I'm, that's, this is good. This is your guys' night. So um, uh, this actually says cartilage. So <laughs> I, I already thought about you when I saw the list, but these words of knowledge came from Thursday, not from 
today. So I think that's, you know what? There's a real good chance that I would just expect some of this stuff to be healed while I continue to read off the rest of this list. You just grab it. We say reveals to heal. You just grab it and say, hey, that's, that's mine. It's mine. He wants to give it to me. And then just start, just start believing for it, and you'll actually be your own prayer team for the next few moments. <laughs> in, in, infusion. I really feel like that some of that's already happened because people, I feel like there was people in the room that needed an infusion of love. Yeah. Would you, if you needed an infusion of love tonight, would you raise your hand if you, if you got it at some point? Like I like probably need it every moment of every day, right? So that, that was good. Oh yeah, this is, this is a, this may be a close to home when, uh, infertility. Infertility. Anybody want kids and can't have them? Or the doctor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Well, whatever you guys want to do, but you, you already sang it. We, we have children. <laughs> I don't know why that chokes me up I'm more than any of the rest of the testimonies. We have children present with us that doctors said it wasn't, gonna, it wasn't going down. Right? <clears throat> My gosh. So head trauma. I'm almost done. Head trauma. Your friend's in the hospital with head trauma. You can stand in for him. Yep. What's her name? Jen. Okay. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to lay hands on, y- on y'all and, and, and you stand in for Jen. Okay. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thanks, Jesus, for a miracle for Jen right now. Just the head trauma. and We'll pray for the other ones that are in the room that had head trauma. So thank you, Father, for everything you're doing for Jen right now. We're going to have people lay hands on you and pray for her too. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Yep. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know who you're talking about. The lady you, she's taking care of her? Okay, well maybe you shoot Isabella a text and tell her. Oh, well, we can pray with you too. Or get Isabella a phone. Yeah, whatever she can do. Um, I totally spaced all that. Thanks for bringing that up, Cheryl. Um, ringing in ears. Tonight, is that tinnitus? Yeah. How many of them? Were there like one, two, three, four, five of you? Okay. Yeah, Jesus. Uh, palpitations, irregular heartbeat. Y'all got y'all are getting to it. You're raising your hand fast. Very regular heartbeat too. You got a list of things tonight for you, bro. <laughs> Just keep your keep your hand up. <laughs> Uh, okay, toe, well, toe, we did toe, right? Okay, um, and the last one is plantar's fasciitis. If you don't know what that is, it's pain in the bottom of your foot. I've called that word of knowledge out before and then had to say pain in the bottom of the foot, and people are like, oh yeah, that's me. Okay, there's three of three or so of you that had that. Man, so raise your hand if you, if you got a word of knowledge that you need healed. 
every bit of 50 or 60% of you. TU, initials. Does anybody have TU for initials? I thought it might, yeah. Okay. If you remember something later, come to me and we'll give you, we'll prophesy over you. So, already feel better if you can check your condition. Anybody that's 50% or more healed already since the word of knowledge has been called out. Corey, you are? Courtney, you are? Who else? If you can try it. Your knee is? Yes. Your knees don't hurt at all right now? Look what God's doing. <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, I'm the prayer team. <laughs> and the angels you don't see. <sighs> Maybe some of you do. Who else? There's like four people. Who else? Conditions that are 50% or more better that you can check. You can move your knee and you couldn't move it before? That's amazing. And it doesn't have any cartilage in it, right? Or didn't have any cartilage in it. Yeah, your body doesn't. Okay. That was a board on cartilage. How about fall over on that one? There's something. <laughs> Jesus is doing something real powerful. Yeah. Who else? Who else? 50% or more better. More better. Candace, you are too? What was wrong with you? You have two things? Okay. Yeah, we called that out too. So is that, is that gone? When you, can you take a deep breath and you don't feel that? You don't feel it? That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. It's like he wants to do it more than we want him to. This is amazing. Thank you, Father. What would you say? I'm just going to hang out and for a couple more seconds and see what happens. Who else? Well, how about you, if you can, if you need to, stand up and check your body. If not, check, you know, your hearing or whatever it is, whatever you need to do to move around that would, would tell you there's a difference. Who else? 50% or more? More better. Lance? Asthma? Yeah. It's completely clear now? Yeah. About 75% clear, and you were having a flare-up while I was giving words of knowledge. Just before. Yes, Jesus. Thanks for the other 25. Wow. This is, this is actually my favorite way for people to get healed. <laughs> I'm just giddy if you couldn't tell. Come on. Thanks, Jesus. They're like, you look that way all night. Well, some of it was from, I was a little inebriated, but. Still am. <clears throat> Plan to stay that way forever. Who else? 50% or more, more healed than when I. <laughs> right. The, the ringing's a lot less in your ears. Yes. If you close your ears off, is what Courtney said, if you have tinnitus, you close your ears off, it'll usually trigger it. 
and then and then take your fingers out to test it. Yours is seventy five percent better. Yes, Jesus. We should keep asking. Come on. Who else? Who else has got healing? Thanks for the rest of it, Jesus. The ones that were 50%, thanks for 100%. Thanks for what you're doing right now. Thanks for more. Thanks for more. Yeah, just thank you that heaven is in the room to bring healing to people. Love is in the room to bring healing to people. We thank you for it. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel like this is, has no demonstration of what I, it can happen through me, right? Like, you realize this. Because <laughs> that's what I wanted to stay away from. So you're pretty clear that I'm not praying, right? In my head, I'm not less that goes on there than you think. <laughs> Lindsay's constantly confused by the fact that I'm thinking nothing. I say, you'll know what I'm thinking because my mouth's moving. I'm an external processor. It helps. It's my job. Who else? Anybody else got healing? 50% or more better. Who has got healing? Will you raise your hand again since we started? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, all, eight. Yeah. All, all together, yeah, since we've started, the words of knowledge stuff. Nine. She can smell, but hold on, we're testing smell. Smell's being tested in aisle one. You smelled peppermint? Is that the first time you smelled peppermint in four years? That's amazing. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Anybody that still needs healing or you're only... Um, percentage healed, I want you to stand to your feet, if you can. If you can't, just raise your hand. <laughs> if you stand up and fall down, it may not be terrible. All right. Did your, Adam, did your knee get all the way healed? Did it? Thanks, Jesus. Okay. My gosh, this is amazing. Okay, you guys... You guys, ladies, see the people that are standing around you. We just want you to pray for them and model what I model for you that works outside the church building. Okay? Pray short prayers. Check with them first. Get their whatever they can actually tell, whether or not they're healed or ringing or pain or whatever it is. And then pray short prayers and ask them how it is. You guys go ahead, please. You're the prayer team. You're empowered to see the sick healed. Everybody online, thanks for joining us tonight. Thanks for, for being present um, through the sessions. If you need to, you can go back and watch sessions. Um, we hope that you do. Again, thanks for joining us. We know people have joined us that aren't able to get here physically for whatever reason. So we bless you all. If you need healing, we release healing for you right now. We just pray the Holy Spirit would come into your room the way the Holy Spirit is here if he hasn't already, and just release whatever it is you need, whatever breakthrough, whatever healing, whatever it is that you need, internally or externally. We thank you right now, Father, for releasing your love to every person and empowering every person and releasing fresh fire for every person to see the sick healed, the dead raised, 
um, to have ultimately the gospel preached in love everywhere that they go. In Jesus' name. We love you guys. Thanks again for joining us.